You're listening to Baltimoreans, the home of the all-weather fan. My name is Sam Dingman. This is Alan Smith. Let's get stupid. Baltimoreans. Hello, Baltimoreans. How are y'all doing? It's good to be here with you once again on episode 46. Indeed, of it Baltimoreans. Is. 46 being, of course, the number of peaks in the Adirondack Mountains. Ah. And, of course, if someone has made it up, all 46, they're called one of the 46ers. Are they really? They are. Similar. Uh, I think only they know it, though, because I've <laughs> never heard that before in my life. Well, you got to do three more peaks if you want to be a 49er. True. Right? But there aren't any more. Oh. Making one of those catch-22s. Oh, man. It, it's tough. It's tough days to be a mountain man. Uh, a little bit later in the show, we'll be talking to David Temple the uh, host of the most excellent Stealing Home podcast. Very excited to have him on the show. In many ways, it's sort of a, a, a This American Life centered around baseball. Indeed. Something as a public radio person myself, I very much appreciate and love. We're going we're gonna to talk to him about that and a couple other things. But first, Alan, uh, would you say uh, that it would be accurate to, to begin episode 46 by saying that we come to honor Connor Jackson, not bury him? <laughs> The good that most men do is oft turned with their bones. Uh-oh. So let it be with Jackson. I was not expecting you to know the rest of that quote. And now I feel unprepared to continue. Um, so obviously there is um, there's either a lot to say or not much to say about Connor Jackson deciding to retire. Um, if, for those of you who don't know, Connor Jackson informed the Orioles that he does not want to continue playing professional baseball he is interested in pursuing the next chapter in his life. Um, and the thing I wanted to say about that, Alan, is, um, well, one, Connor Jackson, we hardly knew ye, literally. <laughs> I've never met the man. <laughs> uh, paid some attention during spring training, but, uh, you know, it was Connor Jackson, so I didn't want to get myself too worked up. Um, it's not as though particularly the bottom of the Orioles lineup or the people who, with whom Connor Jackson was competing for a 40-man roster spot were setting the world on fire, though. Well, that was my thing. I was like, Connor, I mean, given, <laughs> given Dan Duquette's lust for the roster move, uh, you were going to get called up at some point here, uh, especially with Steve Pier Pierce OPSing at the unspectacular rate at which he is currently doing. Um but but that's not that's not I think the correct thing to talk about R E Connor Jackson. No? I think the correct thing to talk about is last year if Connor Jackson had retired in the second week or third week of April. Mm -hmm. We would be sitting here on the Baltimore Ons podcast making the following joke. I guess Connor Jackson is so depressed by the Orioles that he doesn't want to play baseball anymore. <laughs> that that's right or something along those lines is that right. fair to say that he opted out at, at due to a uh grim future right he would be saying he would be saying oh this was the best i could do this shoddy remnant of a once great organization is the best you know where i could catch my <laughs> formerly sharp claws it's just not worth it anymore i'm hanging it up but that's not the case this year it's true there is the, fi you know 500 record aside there is promise in baltimore which is pretty much, you know, universally acknowledged at this point. This is about Connor Jackson. It's not about the Orioles being a terrible excuse for a baseball team. Perhaps he actually wanted to spend more time with his family. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm not here to knock him for that. Triple A ball, I think, could take it out of you. Uh, they, they don't call it the bus leagues for nothing. Yeah, a lot of time on the road. Yeah. 
And, you know, as, as, uh, as we pointed out on the website today, BaltimoreOnsPodcast.com, for those of you who are uninitiated, uh, Connor Jackson is a young man. He's got a, a bright future ahead of him, especially with the mustache that he was sporting, at least in the <laughs> picture that uh, I reblogged from someone else. I was going to say a bright future before him and a bright mustache in his past. Well, <laughs> I suggested on the blog some potential future careers for him. Uh, none, I think, more promising than... 2009 vintage Jake Arietta impersonator. <laughs> it's actually alarmingly uh, accurate. I if if you guys don't believe us, go over to baltimoreonspodcast.com, click on the link uh, where I listed Jake Ari- Jake Arietta impersonator for one of Connor Jackson's future careers, and then fall out of your damn chair <laughs> and how similar <laughs> he looks to the 2009 vintage of Jake Arietta. And now that they're no longer going to have a chance of appearing in the same dugout, we have no reason to believe that they're two separate people. I, have as they, of yet. Have they ever been seen together in the same place? The I've answer to that is yes, because oh, they were both oh. at Orioles Spring Training. Allegedly. Oh, that's true. Neither Do you of us have visual there. confirmation? I don't. I don't have a visual. I don't have a visual. And if, if anyone were to slap a fake Tom Selleck mustache on their face. It would be the Tom Selleck mustache sported by this Connor Jackson character. Yeah, and and really, again, not knocking him, if I was going to put on a must a statement-making mustache, I'd go Tom Selleck. Oh, for sure. You know? There are fewer greater there are few greater mustaches in our nation's history. Exactly. You don't want to go Nick Johnson. No, you certainly don't. You know? That's that's not a thing you want to do. I don't. All right. Well, um, I, I, I just did want to point out that that a year ago we would have been um, we would have been lamenting the fact that the Orioles as a team were so depressing that Connor Jackson could not bear to continue, and that's not the case anymore. Now he has no one to blame but himself. Now he has no one to blame but himself. That's the sound of a car horn outside of my apartment building heralding. The next part of the intro to this And episode. perhaps mourning the passing of a great Jackson era in Baltimore. <laughs> the, I'd say the Jackson era in Baltimore is worthy of about one car honk. <laughs> I think that's actually a good, a, a good, uh, a good uh, an accurate sound. Um, all right, Alan. Well, the next thing I wanted to talk about was, um, uh, I don't know if you know this, but our beloved Gary Thorne, broadcaster extraordinaire for the Baltimore Orioles, has a secret identity that I've recently uncovered. <laughs> Duff <And> man. <laughs> well, close. Oh. No, well, not close, <laughs> but as improbable. Okay. Uh, actually, I would say less probable. Um, and I, I was tipped off to this by virtue of the fact that uh, at, the, at the beginning of a recent broadcast, Gary Thorne was wearing a Coco Pele pin oh. on his lapel. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Coco Pele is a fertility deity venerated by some Native American cultures in the American Southwest, usually depicted as a prancing humpbacked flute player. Now, I thought when I saw this that that was hinting at perhaps um, a somewhat softer and more sensitive side to Gary, who has a deserved reputation for being uh, lovingly bombastic. <laughs> Would you say that's fair? I think that's an accurate, accurate appraisal. Well, but this got me wondering about his more kind of, you know, spiritual side. Right. Uh, what else is going on up there? Because, you know, in, you know, in Boogie Nights, when Reed Rothschild says you can't fuck forever. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I think Gary Thorne knows that you can't, you can't call baseball games forever. And he started thinking about what might come next. 
his career after porn is what you're saying. Indeed. Indeed. Because the Mid-Atlantic Sports Network is <laughs> a fairly, fairly inappropriate programming. Um, so I did some digging. Oh. And it turns out he has a largely unknown second career as a Zen master. Our Gary Thorne? Our Gary Thorne. Wow. Second career as a Zen master. And it's actually remarkably similar to the way in which, uh, you know, on Parks and Recreation, Ron Swanson <laughs> hides his softer side behind the persona of Duke Silver? Indeed. That's what Gary Thorne does. Except he does not have, his clever name for the softer side of his personality is Zen Master Gary Thorne. <laughs> now, this identity, this Zen Master identity manifests itself in a series of um, uh, recordings that he oh. makes. Um, that the, I guess the idea is that you play these to yourself to try to feel a little bit more affirmed and present. And we could, we could purchase these recordings or have them ourselves? Or? Well, I, um, I used, uh, the expertise of intern Scotty <laughs> to come into the possession of one. Uh, and this one has not yet been released. So um, we sent, uh, Scotty to Baltimore. Did he, did he eavesdrop on a, on a, uh, on a, on a teaching i don't he came back with a black eye and a big <laughs> cut on his face so i don't know exactly where he went or what he had to do to get this but this is the unreleased next recording in uh, zen master gary thorne's ongoing series now alan and i thought this would be good to share with everybody on the show tonight because right now the orioles are off to a little bit of a a, a difficult start not a bad start an uncertain start yes if you will and, and we may, as fans, have found ourselves in a place of tension about it. And we talked last week about the fear starting yep. and the badness mm -hmm. and that return to the paranoia of the true all-weather fan. Yes. Someone who is not as out of the woods emotionally from the years of losing as we might like to be. Yes. Well, you know who understands that, I think, as someone who has watched all of these games? Who is that? Gary Thorne. I knew that's what you were going to say. <laughs> now, I have never heard this tape that we're about to go through. Um, Sam and the and intern Scotty went through hell and high water to provide it for you, as Sam has already mentioned. But I'm going to go through this journey with you, Baltimoreans. Yes, we've, we've purposely withheld the audio from Alan's ears so that uh, you and he could have a shared experience this evening on the program. So we're going to play you this this top secret recording that Scotty the intern has discovered. But first, um, Alan, I would like to put you in the proper headspace to receive the knowledge that Gary Thorne is going to offer you in this recording. Okay. 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 Um, so what I recommend to all the listeners right now, so that you can take this journey along with Alan, mm -hmm. is to if you're if you're operating any heavy machinery right now, please put that down. <laughs> Find a comfortable chair. Pull over to the side of the road. Yes, please. If you're driving, um, you're about to enter a very blissful headspace. Mm -hmm. And Lord knows we don't want to be the cause of any traffic accidents. Right. Nor does Gary. Nor does Gary. <laughs> um, okay. So, so Alan, what I'd like you to do okay. is I'm going to count back from 10. Yes. And with each successive number, you're going to, you're going to slip closer and closer into uh, more and more into a trance-like state. Okay? Right. Okay. So ten. So my eyes are closed. Your eyes are closed. You're breathing deeply. Nine. You are living on a cloud in a mythical land called um, Pahuga. What number are we on? Eight. <laughs> you're eating your favorite kind of sandwich on a warm day. Mm. Mm. 
seven. I've never hypnotized anybody Roast before. Beef. So it's delicious. Okay, good. Uh, seven. Um, you're combing your hair after a hot shower. <laughs> Six. You're 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 painting a picture with very, very smooth paint. More and more relaxed. Five. You're wearing a pair of deer deerskin slippers. <laughs> Four. A roaring fire. Three, two, one. How are you feeling? Very relaxed. Good, good. This was a tough day. It, it was a tough day, Gary. Thank you. He knows. Thank you for noticing. Do you sense that? <laughs> I think you do. I think I do. Uh, do you get down? Do you do you feel down at times? Who doesn't? I understand you're you're misunderstood. You think you're misunderstood. I think I am. He's got his finger on your pulse. I think the Orioles are. Why? I mean, uh, what's going on? I mean, what were you feeling that 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 rendered you in, unable to do what you wanted to do? I think it was all the losing. You have one of the most violent emotions that I've ever seen. Have you always had that? Well, really, it was only after the losing. Is that something that's being ingrained here? Your feelings? Yes. Deeply. Spiritually. Ecumenically. What are you doing? Just trying to get through every day. Gary. What are you doing? Just trying to get through every day. Maybe a breathe again. I know you look for positives. You go back and forth. Maybe a breathe again. The confidence you were looking for is, is coming through. Do you sense that? A childlike grin. We talk about maturity. <laughs> when the door's been opened, you've gone through it. Maybe a breathe again? Do you think you've answered the question that's been asked? I think I'm getting there. You happy about that? I'm getting there. Feeling better and better. It makes better. me smile. Me too. Wow. I, Baltimoreans, if I, if I could only convey to you what I just witnessed in front of me here in Hootenanny Studios. I have been on a journey. The, the sheer overwhelming ecstasy that, that spread across Alan's face. I felt awkward being in the same room with him. <laughs> it really, uh, I, I, I hope that everyone else went on that journey with me. And I hope that now you can go out refreshed and, and feel positive about the the momentary losing streaks hiccups of of day-to-day -day life i mean i think what gary's trying to say if i may gare bear is that <laughs> struggle is temporary but existence while not permanent is so much larger and consciousness is so much larger than whatever emotions difficult emotions we may be feeling in this in this finite moment 
Would, would you say that's an accurate uh, summary of what we just heard? And the not-so-lovely totals of life end up... <laughs> To borrow from another master. Oh, please. Uh, maybe we get Scotty to dig up one of Joe Angel's tapes. End up being uh, nothing when compared to life's grand goodbyes. I, I don't think I could possibly <laughs> add to the beauty of what you've just said. Alan Smith, so why don't we? Why don't we just leave it there? Leave the Baltimoreans with the, with the cracked open minds that we've, we've given them and proceed to our next segment. I think that's probably for the best. Oh, don't weep. <laughs> All right, Alan. Well, we're very excited, of course, to ha- get to our interview now on Baltimoreans. We're speaking with David Temple, the host of the very excellent Stealing Home podcast. He joined us on the phone to talk about the show and his work, and it went like this. Ladies and gentlemen, we are on the line with David Temple, the host of the very fine Stealing Home podcast, which if you are an intelligent baseball being, you have already checked out. You can find it at stealinghome.org. And tonight he joins us on Baltimoreans. David, how you doing? Well, I'm great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much for coming on and joining us. Um, I guess the, the first thing we wanted to start off with is um, we know you are a fan of the game of baseball uh, in general from your show, mm-hmm. but we're wondering if you have any uh, gut baseline team loyalties. Well, it's kind of weird. Um, I was always, uh, I grew up in the Green Bay area, Wisconsin, and so, I mean, the Brewers were kind of the team, but... It, I never really went and saw him. I saw him a couple times when I was a kid uh, at Old County Stadium, uh, but it never really stuck with me. But I would wa- we would watch my, my dad and I would watch games all the time. And then uh, I moved here to the Twin Cities, and I kind of adopted the the, the Twins as my team just because they were uh, the team to watch. Uh, you know, they're, that was the only the only game in town. But uh, so I still they still have a special place for me. But. Um, this year, I actually uh, I do a little bit of writing on Fangraphs, and uh, I, I I've kind of adopted the Houston Astros as my team this year. All right, uh, <laughs> truly yeah, the all-weather I, I feel, fan. <laughs> well, it's uh, first of all, nobody else is is watching them, yeah. and uh, I think someone's got to do it, right? What, right, and, and I mean, if I had the choice between two uh, quote-unquote rebuilding teams. Um, I agree a lot more with what the uh, with what those are doing versus what the Twins are doing uh, from a front office standpoint. The Astros did something; uh, they weren't they were very unabashed in their in in their attempt to really just blow everything up uh, and kind of start fresh. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, I mean, they, and, and, and it's going to be stink- <laughs> right, exactly, and it's going to be they're going to be stinky for a few years, and they know that, and they're okay with that, it seems. Uh, but they be with the eye on the future, uh, whereas the twins are, are doing seemingly this kind of patch job, patchwork job, uh, where they'll trade, you know, like, uh, you know, Bernard Spann and Ben Revere, two very promising uh, center fielders, you know, at least for what they are for, for pitching prospects, which is a good thing because they have zero, uh, you know, starting rotation depth at all. <laughs> but then they'll also they'll also sign guys like Kevin Correa for two years and, and $10 million. So it, it's a lot of incongruous activity that's going on where it's like, are you, 
you know, what's going on here? Are you trying to rebuild? Are you, are you not? Yeah. Absolutely. And something to be said in the in Houston's case about doing everything they can to get those albatross contracts off the books, whereas the Twins still have to figure out a way of paying Joe Maurer for the next six years or whatever it is. Yeah, the Joe Maurer contract was, I don't know. I, I'm torn <laughs> on that one because it wasn't it wasn't a very good one, but that was a but sticky you situation pay your for them. Guy, you got to pay him exactly. I mean, that was that was part of the the thing was that he was you know a Minnesota guy, but. Um, that being said, even if you can turn them blind eye to that one, they've made a lot of other terrible <laughs> sure. contracts. I mean, what <laughs> sure. team hasn't, you know, but... Sure. Well, the Orioles certainly home. have. We can, we can attest to that. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, but the Astros, man, they're just... Uh, they just nuked that thing. They're just scorched earth. And oh, yeah. Starting, <laughs> uh, starting from scratch, which you got to give them credit for. That, that's, yeah. Bold. That's, that's a gut punch to Bold. a lot of people to be able to do that. Yeah. So, so stealing home... I, I have listened to a couple of, of, of podcasts now, and um, as a public radio head myself, your your vibe reminds me a little bit of uh, uh, Ira Glass and This American Life. How do you feel about the comparison? Yeah. Well, he's certainly a lot better at his job than, than I am at this uh, <laughs> silly thing, but um, I, I grew up uh, on public radio. Well, not grew up, but uh, my formative years uh, were spent listening to public radio, and, I, and I've, I've done a little bit of work... Uh, uh, for Minnesota Public Radio too, back uh, right out of college. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a so, it's a flavor you're familiar with. Yeah, it's a sound that's in my head, and it was something that I, I wanted to apply to baseball because I think there's um, there's a lot of really great content, you know, at least audio uh, audio wise, a lot of great baseball content out there. But um, the cream always rises to the top, but there's still there's a lot of crossover with kind of the formats and stuff like that um and so um and and a lot of those are are still really really good but i just wanted to try something different come at it from a from a different angle and and so far it's coming out good i think absolutely yeah well and it seems like uh you've gotten a great response you're you're i believe what six episodes in at this point um and Mm -hmm. for people who don't know what uh what david does and and correct me if i if i get this wrong but uh what david does is he picks a theme every week and then uh and this is going to sound a lot like the the way that they uh, ira glass describes this american life and then he Mm -hmm. uh you invite on writers and artists um and journalists and people from around the community of baseball who uh have made contributions uh, many of them independent contributors who aren't affiliated with like major media organizations or anything like that um that support that that theme are you consciously invoking um, the same kind of, of structure of this American life, or is it just the most convenient comparison? Well, I think it's a little. I think it's a little both. No, I mean, I, I think that's an idea that I borrowed certainly because, especially if you're making a show just about baseball, uh, it can go a lot of different ways, and it can get pretty squirrely. And then <laughs> before you know it, uh, you're just making another well, here's what happened in baseball kind of thing. And, exactly. and like I said, there's a lot of good stuff about that, but that's not what I wanted. I wanted to get down uh, into differing stories, uh, you know, uh, from all sorts of angles. And that seemed like the best way to do it was to kind of tie it all together with the theme just so it wasn't, you know, totally disjointed. I don't know if that's what we're going to stick with forever. Mm-hmm. I say we, it's just me. I don't know who <laughs> we is. But, uh, <laughs> it's the royal we. Uh, the I don't royal know if that's way. what I'm, yeah, the royal we. I don't know if that's what I'm going to do forever, but uh, so far it seems to be working, and it, and it helps focus myself. It helps me focus uh, as well when it comes to 
finding people um, I want to talk to and subjects I want to discuss. You've talked to a wide variety of amazing subjects on the most recent episode. Um, you've talked to a guy who uh, draws his own um, artisanal baseball cards. I don't know if that's a fair <laughs> adjective. Yeah. No, that's Gary. Uh, I can never pronounce his last name. Sardakowski. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He does the infinite baseball card set and um yeah he he makes his own yeah that's basically about it i, I guess it would be digital artisanal baseball cards about people who maybe did or didn't have baseball cards uh you know drawn of them before but uh, and then he also ties together really interesting stories on the quote-unquote back of the card we have a couple i guess featured essayists or whatever you want to call it uh on the show uh carson sestulli writes for fangraphs and um and Michael Clare, who kind of writes all over, but uh, he's mostly known for old-time family baseball is his yep. website. And he those was, are guys uh, I had met. He was actually on our show last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he comes on. Uh, he's been on twice, um, and he does really great stuff. And, I mean, kind of the original idea of the show was this person does something cool related to baseball. I want to talk to him about it. Right. And right. Uh, and and it, my realist or my the way I had it planned out in my head would be they'd be like maybe 15 minute conversation and then that'd be it. And then I put them out, you know, as many times as I could. Yeah. Uh, but the way it kind of, the way it kind of played out and after I got done editing it a little bit and stuff, I'm like, no, I kind of want to do this sort of hour long thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that's cool. So you kind of found your way to the format through the conversations that you had with these various content creators. Yeah. I mean, it turned out that it was kind of, you know, Fresh airish uh, and 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 stuff like that. Yeah. Sometimes I wanted to do uh, uh, a little bit more over or a little bit more produced uh, sure, than just sure. a basic interview. And yeah. then when I had it all done, I'm like, well, this I should just put this all together. I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. what I kind of thought. I was listening to him. I'm like, hey, if I put like some, uh, you know, if I put some instrumental music in between these things, <laughs> this is a, <laughs> boom. Whole <laughs> yeah, this is a public radio show now, <laughs> so I might as well just do that. <laughs> Um, so now you mentioned uh, Fangraphs. Um, can mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about, because Fangraphs I, is a website that I will freely admit I am uh, sort of, I've only sort of recently discovered the whole Fangraphs and Notgraphs community. Okay. Can you talk a little yeah. bit about what the kind of philosophy behind the site is uh, and also what the relationship between Fangraphs and Notgraphs is? Because the uh, I definitely <laughs> for a long time thought they were the same thing. And <laughs> uh, Fangraphs is, is basically, it's a... It's a site uh, with really good writing dedicated to or, or with the more statistically inclined uh, fan in mind. Right. Um, it has uh, a really great series of, of statistics that you can look up, not unlike baseball reference, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of similarities in that, but um, with it goes a lot deeper. Um, there's a lot more things you can look up. There's a lot more, uh, basically, there's a lot more statistics you can get on that website it's kind of for an, a niche crowd uh but it's gaining it's gaining readership uh you know every month and more and more people are coming not graphs is the i don't know i always describe it as the sister site of whimsy it's <laughs> okay. um it's basically uh it's basically because fan can get so deep Walking, uh in the yeah it, it can really I mean, all the writers are really good, but you're still you're still dealing with thick material, right? Yeah. You're still dealing with a lot of numbers and a lot of analysis, and they all do a really good job. But sometimes, 
you know, certain people, and I think I would include myself in that, aren't really at least consistently uh, geared toward that um, <laughs> as, as a writer. Like Dave Cameron, the managing editor, can write that stuff all day, every day, and he's great at it. Yeah. Um, where I can struggle with that sometimes. But I can write a poem about Mike Trout like nobody's <laughs> business. Like I could come up with that. You got I mean, six I write lying four. around, right? <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, I, got, I write four, you know, I write Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday uh, for not grass. So I basically have to come up with something humorous, uh, you know, every day of the week yeah. almost, and, um, or of the work week. And uh, sometimes it's hard, but it's way easier for me than it would be to, um, you know, try and figure out why Justin Upton is hitting so much better right. in Atlanta than he was with Arizona. Right. Um, I'm sure there's a way to figure that out. Yeah. I don't know what it is. And <laughs> it, even if I did figure it out, I, wouldn't, I don't think I'd be able to tell other people <laughs> very easily. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Leave it to the experts, right? Right, right, exactly. They're the experts at doing that stuff where I will, you know, uh, overdub boys to men on a UNSS, but it's home run and just loop that, <laughs> which, like, as a, as a post. You know, that's, like and that's, that's equally important, I think. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. On the grand scheme of, uh, it's certainly not going to, you know, get me a job in a front office anywhere. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm not going to be one of those. Those uh, stories of you know the baseball perspective guys getting uh, picked up by right, right. by front office, or but something it could like be that. it could be a feel good story about being picked up by the Onion Sports Network, so <laughs> something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that was kind of the the idea behind the, the podcast too was, um, you know, as fans of baseball or as fans of a certain team, sometimes you can really get bogged down in stuff, you know, and um, yeah, even over like. Even over the winter, I was looking at like the you know the Twins off season, and just thinking, oh man, you know what is, what is, what's going on? This is going to be a terrible season. You know, I just kept remember. I remember thinking that this is going to be a terrible season. What a terrible season this is going to be. Yeah. And then uh, and then it kind of came to me. Well, no, baseball's still going to be on. Like even <laughs> if the Twins stink, like Mike Stanton could still break a or Giancarlo Stanton could still break a scoreboard with a home run. Absolutely. You know or. Or I, you know, I still get to watch, you know, uh, uh, a Roy Halladay curveball. You yep. know, uh, like that's there's still there's still value and stuff and great stuff to be to be mined, even if your you know your favorite team or or whatever isn't isn't working out the way you want it to. Um, yeah. I think uh, the podcast deals with that, and 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 all the work on Knockdraft kind of deals with that too. That there's always there's always joy and there's always a, a smirk or a smile to be found in the game somewhere. I think that's what it kind of comes down to, you know, it's uh, when you're, I mean, this is going to sound cliche, but when you're a kid growing up and, and you kind of fall in love with baseball, it's not, you don't do it so that, you know, with the hopes of, you know, uh, you know, ripping on the GM for a terrible contract that he signed, it's because it's, <laughs> it's cool, and, you know, and it's yeah. like, I, like I grew up in the Bo Jackson, that, that's kind of right in my, my wheelhouse. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. didn't it didn't get any bigger than Bo Jackson. Right. I mean, how cool is that? Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And no you didn't when you were eight and nine, most kids didn't know what Bo Jackson was hitting. They didn't know what his slugging percentage was. Right. You know, or how many outsists he made. It was just really cool seeing Bo Jackson play. Yeah. You were and, like, that guy and that, just ran up a wall. Yes. And that guy's amazing. You know, and uh, also he plays football when he's bored. Um <laughs> so it, it, yeah, so it's that kind of thing, um, where it just it just uh I like to leave it kinda on a high note, even if it's a sorter a sort of sadder uh story. I, I talked about Gus Triandos uh, for the last episode, but Yes, um, yes, my Oriole who, Heart who just, sung. 
<laughs> just yeah, he just just recently passed away. But I don't know. It's just a it's just a nice. It's something I would like to hear if I were listening to something yes. to that show that I wasn't making. It, it would it'd be something I'd want to hear at the end, and so that's kind of what I decided to do. Yeah, cool. Well, David, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Everybody out there in Moron Nation needs to get over to stealinghome.org and check out the show. Alan, Sam, thank you so much. It's It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, it man. Thanks All right. very much. Take it easy. Listening to Baltimoreans, the home of the all-weather fan. My name is Sam Dingman, and this is Alan Smith. And now it's time for this week's episode of Intern Scotty Checks the Facts. This week's episode is underwritten in part by our featured Tweet of the Week. Remember, for a low, low price, you too can have a message of your choice read on the air to the Baltimoreans faithful. This week, our featured message is from at A W Gerber and reads as follows: Hey, Granky. I thought you were supposed to be a Dodger. Dodge this! Motions towards groin. Go T-Wolves! If you'd like to sponsor a segment, just go to baltimoreonspodcast.com and click Sponsor a Segment. Intern Scotty checks the facts, checks the facts. Intern Scotty checks the facts. Check him out, y'all. Intern Scotty checks the facts, checks the facts. Intern Scotty checks the facts. Gerber just had to get that uh, T-Wolves reference in, didn't he? (laughs) We are really proud to announce the beginning of our featured tweet section. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I thought the... uh, I thought the uh, announcer that we hired to introduce the segment had a lot of gravitas, too. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, as you know, each week, intern Scotty goes through the previous week's episode hunting for errors, of which there are usually a plentiful amount. Uh, he, He then advises us of them so that we can confess our sins to you, the listeners, uh, in an attempt to build a more trusting podcast and perhaps by extension, nation (laughs) not an unreasonable jump at all i don't think so um so last week alan on episode 45 of baltimoreans uh we speculated at one point as to what buck showalter's actual christian name is yes um as you as you and the listeners know we did not bother to look this information up before recording the episode uh, which Scotty went ahead and did for us. What? Now, first, I'd like to remind the listeners of the names that we speculated might be Buck's first name. Sure. Uh, you proposed it might be Giovanni. <laughs> Stand by it. Uh, I suggested that it was perhaps Buckwheat or Buford. <laughs> and <laughs> I think you will join me in being terribly depressed <laughs> that it is, in fact, William Nathaniel. Oh, man. Billy Nats. How do you get a buck out of that? <laughs> I don't know. I would imagine it has something to do with uh, perhaps a rambunctious nature as a child. Mm, mm. Um, here's a fun fact, though. William Nathaniel, huh? William Nathaniel. Now, based on Buck's um, drawl, mm-hmm. I think we can agree that he has a drawl when he speaks. Where would you guess he's from? St. Louis, Missouri. 
That is an excellent guess. And similar to what I might have guessed before Scotty provided me <laughs> with this information, uh, he is from a place that I didn't know existed, a town in Florida called Defuniac Springs. Let me guess. That's in the top of the handle. I See, again, there is a level of research that I did not bother to follow up on. Um, but I think Defuniac is possibly one of the best words I've ever heard. And, and it's a much more interesting surname than uh, William Nathaniel. Maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe, um, maybe there's a thing. Maybe there's a thing where people say, hey, you put the fun in Defuniac. <laughs> and because you go buck wild. Oh, boy. <laughs> and maybe young William Nathaniel Showalter really exemplified that. For the record, it is far, far over in the the uh, the handle of Florida. Oh, it is. Meaning that it is basically the same as Alabama ah. <laughs> in terms of drawl culture okay. and relative uh, education levels. All right. That explains it. That explains it. Um, all right. Well, uh, our, our second error is actually not an error. Uh, th- th- a more accurate name for this part of the segment would actually be Intern Scotty Notices Interesting Shit. <laughs> um, and here, here's the interesting shit that uh, Intern Scotty noticed about the last episode. You may remember that early in the show in our discussion of William Nathaniel Showalter, which mm-hmm. is what I'm going to call him now forever, um, we were talking about how he, in interviews, has this ability to kind of um, reveal that he has done an obsessive amount of research about a player in a seemingly casual way. Right. For example, he'll say, well, uh, well, you know, JJ, I think he's hitting uh, 316 off left-handers on Thursdays. But uh, anyway, I, I, you know, really, you just put the right guys out there and you see what happens. <laughs> that kind of thing, right? Um, so we, we associated that as a Buck Showalter trait. But then, during our interview with Michael Clare, proprietor of oldtimefamilybaseball.com, he said, I love Steve Pierce. Steve Pierce is great. I mean, what's his OPS right now? 091 or something? Anyway, and then he <laughs> continued the sentence. But then, the next night, I'm watching the Orioles game, and Steve Pierce comes up, because William Nathaniel has once again seen fit to start him at DH, and they're showing his trust. stats, and his OPS <laughs> as of that moment. So at the time that we recorded with Michael, the exact correct... Statistic, <laughs> statistical value of Steve Pierce's OPS was 091. He knew it. Wow. That's how much he loves Steve Pierce. And he was trying to sell it like a joke. Yeah. Like he was just kidding around. He was trying to say, what's an absurdly no, absurdly low OPS for Steve Pierce to have? I don't know, 091? No, it is 091. <laughs> well played, Michael. Well played. Well played indeed. Of course, we're not surprised. Of course, we're not surprised. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's uh, that's about everything we have for you on the show today. Um, once again, we're far, far over time. <laughs> we have uh, once again run roughshod over the <laughs> non-existent limits that we've set for ourselves. <laughs> but uh, we would love to hear from you about anything you've heard in this episode. You can always reach us by going to baltimoreonspodcast.com and clicking on contact. You can always give us a call at 909-RIB-WARS. Indeed. And leave us a voicemail message. Yes, thank you very much to those of you who have been doing that. We will get to some of those on the next episode, hopefully. Uh, And thank you very much to David Temple for the very interesting conversation about his work on the Stealing Home podcast, which you can find at stealinghome.org. 
Now, before we go, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've just told you how to contact us. One of the things we always love for you to contact us about is the Baltimoreans' question of the week. A little fodder for your contacting. Yes. And the question of the week this week is, uh, many of you perhaps saw the report today that Ted Lilly is fed up with the Dodgers, who have asked him to accept a minor league assignment. He doesn't want to do it. He wants to pitch at the major league level. And there's a lot of talk that he is going to get himself traded in the very near future. So my question is, would you like to see the Orioles make a low-risk trade for Ted Lilly? Stick him in the starting rotation instead of Jake goddamn Arietta, <laughs> a.k.a. Connor Jackson. Maybe that's the problem. Oh, I just figured it out. It's been Connor Jackson pitching all the time. Oh. It's been Jake Arietta playing right field at AAA. That's why everything's been so screwy. <laughs> oh, man. You'd think Bucks would have noticed, but it's just such spot on. He was he was in his William Nathaniel headspace, I think. <laughs> that's why he... he made that erroneous call so would you like ted Lilly to become an oriole and or if you're not an orioles fan yourself would you like your team to make a play for ted Lilly? indeed 909 rib wars baltimoreans podcast at gmail.com baltimoreans podcast.com now ladies and gentlemen as always the music you've heard on the show was up top our theme song by marshall york in between segments you heard birdland by weather report and behind me right now it's kicking my heart around by the Black Crows. See y'all next week. Farewell. <laughs>